0: do you find that most people struggle identifying which of those buckets is the appropriate one for them? Um, you know, do you no, get the sense I that don't. people are okay? No, so I,
1: I, I don't. I think that people have a really good indicator. Um, they might have a hard time saying it out loud. Yeah. Because they have a hard time saying like, "I just want to look really good," mm-hmm. because they think that's vain. Um, but internally, no people know. Mm. You know, like so for me, I want. Um, I, I want to. I want to look good you know, with my shirt off and I want to be able to perform at the gym and I want to um, um, be healthy when I'm older. Mm-hmm. Um, I All of those things matter a ton to me, which is why I balance those buckets across the board really, really finely.
0: We are here because we know the outcomes in our lives are within our control. That taking absolute ownership of how we eat, sleep, train, think, and connect with each other is how we'll optimize our health and happiness. That chasing excellence is how we grab hold of what is possible. Our mission is to live on the run. Always chasing. Never stopping. Hello and welcome back to Chasing Excellence. How are you, Ben?
1: Good, Patrick. Thanks, buddy.
0: Today we are going to... um, I don't know if this is a part two or a revisit or, uh, I don't know what it quite is, but, uh, but in late, no, in early 2017, we did an episode called simplifying nutrition. I'm actually just went back and watched it on YouTube. It has a hundred thousand, it has a hundred thousand views on YouTube, which actually surprised the heck out mm-hmm. of me. Um, so clearly it was a topic, a conversation that people were interested in, were, um, um were curious about. And so we're going to, revisit that idea. We're going to revisit the idea of simplifying nutrition. Um, and so I don't actually know too much about what this part two is going to be. You kind of teed me up with the idea and then you wouldn't tell me more. We're going to make it more
1: simplified. We're going to (laughs) simplify (laughs) it.
0: And so the first, I guess my first question is is like where, um, actually, I think the first thing I wanted to do is just a really quick recap of what that first episode was. And we may revisit some of it. We may kind of repeat ourselves a little bit because they're important. But in that first episode we did, we talked a lot about um quantity and quality we talked a lot about um i think we did a little bit on like paleo and zone and some of the Mm -hmm. um the bigger trends that we've that we saw we did a little bit on um blood work and the the usefulness of blood work um and so given all that like where where are we going to dive into this kind of part two this revisiting of, uh, of simplifying nutrition uh where does it make sense to start
1: well, I think it makes sense to to start probably the same place we started then because what we're trying to do is clarify all the noise that's out there. Yeah. you know if you listen to the news, if you listen to if you check out nutrition on the internet, if you go to three different experts, you can get three different opinions. Um nutrition is something that you know i've i've I, I love. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm a performance coach. I believe that nutrition is as important as anything else I do in terms of, um, personally what I do in terms of my health, you know, Mm. it's one of the huge factors that we talk about in terms of the five factors of health, wellness, longevity. Um, and it's, it's equally as important for me, for my elite athletes and performance. And I think that's one of the things that, um, you know, I've been espousing for a long time and I continue to espouse. I know there's a lot of people that say, if you are an elite athlete, it doesn't matter as much. You can outwork it. You just need to get in the calories. I vehemently disagree with that. I think it matters a ton because what I believe is, um, I'm going off on a tangent here a little bit. We'll get back to the simplified part, but I need to. I need the soapbox. Um, everything from you know the macronutrient content and even, but people are like, you know, it doesn't really matter the quality as much. Like, I I totally think the quality matters a ton, especially for the elite athletes, because if you have any sort of inflammation, which is caused by eating poor food choices, the ones that don't agree with you and um, That's going to hinder your performance and people that are exercising for a living at the margins that are so tiny where the zero 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 one percent actually makes different places on the leaderboard to say that like your nutrition doesn't matter as much because you're just going to burn all the calories off anyway. I think it's such a cop out answer. And I've seen it with my athletes when I work with them. When, I'm talking about getting leaner, that's part of it, but you can get mm. leaner without the good food. When you get leaner and it's the good food and it's the quality, that's when it makes the biggest impact. So um, that's the soapbox. Now we can kind of like pull back a little bit and go into um, what is the difference between then and now? I hope not too much, actually. Mm. I hope it's the same message. I haven't heard that one, that podcast we did since, 2017. So I haven't heard it in three and a half years. Um, but if there's a lot of carryover, I think that's great. I'm going to give it through the lens of today. And, um, I think I've learned a fair amount. I know I've experienced a lot over the last three years. I think three Mm -hmm. years ago, I, um, had limited experience into things like intermittent fasting and ketosis and, um, gut microbiome and all that stuff. Now, as we get into those, all those rabbit holes, all that does is solidify the simplicity aspect of this. Mm. Yep. And, um, what we have is just a few big major things that we need to know about nutrition and you don't need to geek out. It's about the big, big things. And if we can get that through this um, conversation, um, to me, that's a huge win.
0: Got it. Okay. So where, um, you know, the, the idea of those big, um, fundamental things, what, what's the first fundamental thing Well, the first big thing that you want, um, you want to dive into that you feel like folks need to hear?
1: So there's this, there's the ever long debate about like, um, what, you know, is it, do calories in calories out matter? Mm-hmm. Um, or is it about your, your food choices? Like do, that's the biggest one is like, do calories matter? Yeah. People, everyone, some people say like, yes, and it's only about calories. Other people say, no, it, they don't matter as long as you eat good food. Um, the first thing we have to do is to, is understand that's. Both sides of those arguments are correct, and the combination of them together is correct. Mm -hmm. And the exclusion of them apart is correct. Every single different variation and iteration of those sentences, um, no, it's about calories in, calories out. That's right. It's also wrong. No, it's just about food choices and food quality. That's right. Well, it's also wrong. Mm. It depends on what your goals are. And once I know what your goals are, then we can have that conversation. Now, it always matters across the board. So we're kind of figuring out like what is 1A and what is 1B and what we're trying to order these things in terms of priorities. If you come to me, Patrick, and say, I want to lose um, 50 pounds. Now, Mm -hmm. if people aren't watching this, Patrick can't (laughs) lose 50 pounds. If he does, he's going to start to disappear through the cracks in the floor. (laughs) Um, So – but let's say that, let's say you had a client come to you and said, like, I want to lose 50 pounds. Well, then the conversation should start with the calories mm. because calories determine your body composition. This is simplified nutrition. Yep. Calories equal your body composition, meaning how lean or fat you are. That's the number one determinant. Yes, there are other determinants. Absolutely, there are other determinants. These are all like sliding shades of gray. Mm-hmm. But the number one bucket that determines how lean or fat you are is how much food you're eating. And that is the old school calories. This is why calories still matter. Mm-hmm. That's the first thing we have to start with. Now the next bucket is you come to me and you say, I want to live for a, I want to live to 120. I never want to get sick. I want to feel terrific all the time. That bucket is the quality bucket. It is eating real foods. It is avoiding processed foods. It is staying away from sugar and potentially gluten or dairy or other things. That is the bucket that the um, the um, vegetarians love to talk about. The paleo people love to talk about. That bucket matters a lot Mm -hmm. if you are focused on health or let's also say um, you um, were sick. That's the bucket I would focus on as well. Maybe you have some sort of metabolic thing. You would need to get better, but that's the bucket. So now you understand like they're both those buckets are correct. It has more to do with what your goals are. Mm -hmm. Then from there, there's this third bucket, which is what if you came to me and said, I want to, I want to run an ultra marathon, Mm. back to 50 miles, 100 miles. You come to me and say, I want to compete for the CrossFit Games. Well, the bucket that matters there, I'm not going to say it's more, but the bucket now we have to start talking about is your macronutrient composition. Mm. This is how much protein, carbs, and fat you have in your diet. This bucket determines your performance. So now we have three buckets. You have the quality – bucket which determines Mm -hmm. your health you have the quantity bucket which determines how lean you are and then you have the macro bucket how much protein carbs and fat you're having and that determines your performance just to simplify nutrition even more protein carbs and fats are um, proteins i think most people know this by now it's so in but those are lean meats those are Mm -hmm. animal based um Carbohydrates are still on the same page. There are different aspects of carbohydrates. Fruits and vegetables are carbs, as is chips, donuts, um, you know, in the junk food, processed foods, mm-hmm. um, juice, soda, those types of things. Um, and then fats also have kind of good and bads as well. There is good fats, fats that come from avocado, olive oil, ghee, um, um, coconut products and then there's the bad fat which comes in most processed food and baked goods Um, but it's also in a lot of salad dressings it's like soybean oil vegetable oil canola oil um, those type of things Mm -hmm. so that to me is like where we need to start with is those three buckets and if you understand those three buckets and what your goals are now we can have a really targeted conversation a member came up to me this morning and said, um, "You know, I, can you just help me out with nutrition? My husband, um, through quarantine, he hurt his back. He's lost motivation. He's gained a lot of weight. Now it's hard for him to get back into the gym because he's overweight and he hasn't worked out in three months. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's nutrition. How do I get him, um, you know, back at back in this game?" Well. The first thing I want to know there is – or first thing I should be kind of internalizing that discussion is, OK, which of these buckets does he fall in? Now, again, it's not all one or the other because the other cool part about this is as you dial in your quality, so as you get away from processed crap and baked goods and um, the kind of the normal Western diet of fast food, chips, pizza and soda, as you work towards a more quality diet – of fruits, vegetables, lean proteins, healthy fats. As you do that, your quantity changes. You can't, it's really easy to overeat the quantity aspect when mm-hmm. you eat crappy quality. Mm-hmm. If you eat at McDonald's, you're going to eat in a one easy sitting. You're going to eat – you could very easily – so actually ha, here's a little tangent funny story is um, one of our coaches had his birthday um, last week. Mm. And the other coaches bought him five double cheeseburgers from five guys. <laughs> so I was like, guys, this is not a good idea. <laughs> so I, in front of them, I looked up the calorie content of each burger. Yep. Each burger by themselves was 1,500 calories. Each burger, yep. now, for mm-hmm. those that don't, perspective is like the normal um, person in America eats about 1,800 calories a day. You call mm-hmm. it 2,000 if you want to. Each burger was the day, almost the daily intake for calories. So it's so easy to overeat when you eat crap. Mm-hmm. It's so easy. So that's as you dial in one bucket, the other bucket can kind of like get helped out. Again, if you're going to try to dial in the quantity bucket and not eat as much and you're going for the crap food, well, you only get to have like three bites of that burger and you're going to be starving in 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it almost necessitates the other aspect. This is why usually... A, a diet, quote unquote diet, so like intermittent fasting or keto or paleo or macros or zone. These diets will either will focus on one aspect, but by default they affect the other. Mm-hmm. So keto is focusing on the third bucket, which is macros. It's saying mm-hmm. don't eat eat almost zero carbs, have very little protein, and have tons of fat well when you do that it's really hard to overeat so your quantity comes down a lot mm-hmm. and if you're not going to overeat then you can't eat just crap because there's there's not really that much crap to go to otherwise you are going to be starving this is why we talk about like you like with vegan they eat really clean food it affects the quantity aspect because mm-hmm. as you're eating clean now assuming i shouldn't say vegan i should say plant-based um, for clarity's sake, when we say vegan, what we're saying, there is no animal products, but, um, Ritz crackers and Doritos and a lot of other stuff are not, you know, you can have yep. crap on a vegan diet. Yep. Um, I, I like the word plant-based cause it's a little more instructive into actually, this is like people that eat fruits and vegetables, beans, legumes, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the really kind of overarching simplified approach to this is tell me what it is you want to achieve and then I can have a more pointed discussion about what it is you're looking to do because you getting down to 7 or 8% body fat, this might sound weird, but doesn't mean you're healthier. Mm-hmm. Now to get down to 7% to 10% body fat, the one you want to lean into the most there. And yes, there's other ones, would be just eat less calories. Mm-hmm. Now, because you are 13, 14, 15% body fat and you eat really, really clean, but you eat a lot, doesn't necessarily mean that you're that unhealthy. So we need to kind of understand what these buckets mean and that they are not mutually exclusive, but they're not exhaustive either. There's overlap and shades of gray between the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Now, there's one other aspect I would layer into this as well. So call it a fourth small bucket. And that is um, food intolerances and mm-hmm. deficiencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so to me, once you kind of get the quality, quantity and macros dialed in for what you want to achieve – So do you want to lose weight? Do you want to look better on the beach? Do you want to live forever? Do you want to compete at the CrossFit Games? Pick a bucket. And I'll morph those three buckets appropriately for you. The next overarching thing I put around that whole thing is this optimization of Patrick. How Mm -hmm. do we optimize you based off those things? And strangely enough, People just kind of take nutrition at face value, but we're all case studies of one, and what your body likes might not be what my body likes. Case in point, there is a bigger set of the population than most of us realize that aren't uh, – that don't uh, – that are intolerant to strawberries. Mm. It doesn't mean they're allergic to them. It just means that they're, they're intolerant to them. It doesn't do in their gut what we should be doing in our gut. It's much like it's kind of like different degrees of people that are lactose intolerant or people who have uh, nut allergies or people that um, don't do well on any sort of food. When you understand what you work well with really specifically, you overlay that on top of tell me what bucket you're chasing and we can grow the other buckets appropriately. Now we're talking about something. Now we have a good discussion. Mm -hmm. Do you find that most people struggle – identifying
0: which of those buckets is the appropriate one for them. Um, you know, do you get the sense that people are, okay. I
1: I, I don't, I think that people have a really good indicator. Um, they might have a hard time saying it out loud yeah, because they have a hard time saying like, I just want to look really good Mm -hmm. because they think that's vain. Um, but internally, no people know, Mm. you know, like, so for me, I want, um, I want to, I want to look good, you know, with my shirt off and I want to be able to perform at the gym and I want to um, um, be healthy when I'm older. Mm -hmm. Um, I all of those things matter a ton to me, which is why I balance those buckets across the board really, really finely. Mm -hmm. Um, If anything, this is being totally open during the summer months. I lean more into the vein one of looking better. And Mm -hmm. my calorie count comes down pretty drastically. And I, I shed about, um, seven to 10 pounds in the summer Mm -hmm. and the winter, um, that's not as important to me. And I lean more into the health side of things. Now, strangely Mm -hmm. enough, when I lean out, my performance also goes up. So Mm -hmm. you can see how all these things are tied together. Mm -hmm. Um, but kind of like to put those things in perspective for myself and give a real world example, um. So for myself – and again, this is don't follow me because you, everyone is different. Um, during the summer months when leaning out becomes a little bit more important to me and um, I'm always kind of equal across the board in terms of what I'm looking for for performance. Um, but in terms of that health and uh, leaning out thing, I lean a little bit more into I, – I do a little more of the intermittent fasting approach mm-hmm. where my last meal – because this controls – I'm a guy that when I sit down to eat, I want to eat a ton. Mm. So that's actually the second question I ask is what is the So pulling back again to that, um, that member that came up to me about their husband. I said, okay, um, it sounds like he needs to lose weight. And she's like, yeah, he's definitely he needs to drop about 15 uh, pounds or whatever. Um, and that would, that would give him a lot of confidence. And the next question I need to know is like, how does he like to eat? What is his eating habits? Because I know the member that asked me doesn't eat in the morning. They can't eat in the morning. They get nauseous. Mm
0: -hmm. Okay.
1: That's really cool and powerful to know. Um, Her husband, where she likes to sit down and kind of have a big, uh, she likes to just kind of eat um, smaller meals frequently throughout the day. He, um, he likes to eat. Mm -hmm. He likes to sit down and eat and not snack. This is me versus Heather. Mm-hmm. I may sit down and I want to eat until I'm full. I love eating, um, and I want to fe- eat until I'm really, really full, um, whereas Heather will snack throughout her day, um, but Heather also ends eating fairly early. Mm. When you know those things, what's your goals and what's your he- eating lifestyle, mm-hmm. the last thing you want to do is try to overlay um, habits that aren't inside their habits. That's a lot of work to do. Yeah. Now, if I know like this dude loves to sit down and eat a lot and he wants to, um, to lose 10 pounds, to me, that screams um, that when he um, – we should be doing um, no snacks throughout the day because once he starts eating, he's going to want to keep eating and we need to um, lower his calorie intake. So somebody like that might be a candidate for something like intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. Um, where we're going to shorten up the eating window, allow him to eat really big meals, three meals, two meals, whatever it is, um, he, um, and we can work with that way. Now, maybe a discussion comes up like, oh, uh, yeah, actually he doesn't do well at all with being hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, OK, now we have to have another discussion. So now it's going to edge more towards the quality component because we need to keep fuel – food coming in. We need to keep him snacking on – High-density foods that are low-calorie, mm-hmm. high-nutrient density, low-calorie. So munching on um, also for a lot of people like um, like carrots and cucumbers and things that are crunchy satisfy. And once you get really clean eating, the crunchiness aspect goes away. That chewing aspect actually creates this sense of feeling fulfillment. I'm, I'm actually eating as opposed to like a lot of people go to shakes or drinks or juices and they don't get full and they're hungry right away because they're missing that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. So once you know that, you can kind of create. You kind of back into the nutrition, knowing the individual first. So, you know, the the way to do this is um, understand the individual, and then back the buckets into them.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I like that thinking about it as goal first, and then style second, right? Um, and then so I think the third part of that might be. Uh, execution, right? Once you understand the goal, once you
1: understand, uh, Oh yeah. I didn't uh, even lay out. I started laying out what I, what, what I was. Yeah. Thinking. And that's exactly, that's I, what I was going to kind of get yeah. to is like,
0: yeah. um, because you are a nice balance, you know, s- s- sometime in the year you want to, your calories go yeah. down sometimes. So how do you actually do that so that you know, and maybe it's just like you've done this long enough, like, Oh, I know when I'm eating less calories and that's fine. But for folks, maybe for, one for you or for folks who aren't quite there yet, like how do you suggest folks, begin to track these things, begin to measure them, begin to um, know with more certainty that they're actually pursuing the strategy that is in line with both their goals and um, their style.
1: Okay, so there's all these, again, I would... um... I would, um, default to what they already enjoy doing. If you're a data freak and you love tracking, you love apps and you love numbers and stuff like that. Like let's start tracking. We can start figuring this out, record what you eat, how much of it, when you eat it, the quality, the quantity and, um, the macronutrient breakdown and all of it. That's not me. Mm. That's not me at all. I am not a data guy. I am a gut feeling guy. I am a big picture guy. I go with what feels right. Um, having said that, I've done this a fair, uh, for a few years now and kind of understand it fairly well. Um, so I'll give kind of the two different, a, a few different aspects of this. Here's what my day looks like. I get up at, um, five 30 in the morning. Um, from there I have, um, uh, two shaker bottles. Um, one is a pre-workout that's just, it's just from a scent protein has 150 milligrams of caffeine in it. Um, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of electrolytes, but basically nothing other than kind of like a caffeine and flavor. Um, from then, uh, after that, I have um, um, some BCAs mixed in with collagen protein, about 15 grams of collagen protein. And I drink that on the way to the gym. Um, I work out. I work out uh, in the morning from uh, about 6.30 to 8 o'clock, an hour and a half of working out. And then after that, I'll have a um, protein shake with some creatine in it. Just water based protein shake, again from Ascent Protein, 25 grams of protein, very low carbs, very low fat, water, and um, um, creatine in it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, from there, the next meal I have is lunch, and that's usually somewhere around um, 10, 11, or 12. So that's where this weird kind of like intermittent fasting thing is. Um, I'll do like four shaker bottles of water with a little bit of like the supplement stuff in between. Mm-hmm. Um, And it's kind of the kick I'm on right now. I've also done this many summers without any supplements whatsoever at all. Zero supplements. Um, But right now I'm kind of on a kick where I'm doing them. Um, From there I'll do lunch. And lunch is um, a a salad. And when I say a salad, I mean it's a a big salad. I mean it's like a huge (laughs) salad. So it is like – it is a – almost a full-size cucumber. It is – a full carrot. It is a full tomato. It is a full <laughs> pepper. Um, it is a, uh, about half a bag to a full bag of spinach. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll put, uh, usually about, usually about, uh, 40 to 50 grams of protein on that. Mm-hmm. Usually it's, um, wild caught salmon or, um, free range chicken. Um, Is usually my go to there. And then I put a um, homemade healthy salad dressing on it. And this is where I get my fats from Mm -hmm. um, that Heather makes. Basically, um, um, you know, healthy oils, some mustards, uh, tons and tons of herbs, um, tons of herbs. So we have an herb garden that she actually pulls it from. So this is herbs are actually, I think they're the number two most nutrient dense food group in the world the number one being organ meat next is actually herbs i believe um so we get tons of our herbs through our salad dressing which is phenomenal Um, from there i might do that as well it's going to sound overload but also even maybe sometimes do it with a side of broccoli um Mm -hmm. and sometimes the broccoli has um grass-fed butter on it as well and that's where i'll get some more additional fats from Mm -hmm. um I'll do all that sometimes i'll put some everything bagel seasoning on the on the salad and or so i'm getting more of the spices in there and that's my big massive lunch from there i won't eat again until six o'clock and six o'clock is the exact same thing again Mm -hmm. is all those veggies and all the sides and all the same thing again um i'll probably switch up the protein source but that's basically what it is maybe i'll put kale instead of spinach or something like that but basically it's the same thing Mm -hmm. that's my summer nutrition I think each of those salads is getting me probably close to um, you know probably um, five, six hundred calories um, somewhere in that neighborhood um, with the sides I'm probably getting another 100 calories or two um, with the protein and the, some of the BCAs I'm getting throughout the day I'm probably getting another two, three, four hundred so I'm sort of in that lower range for sure, probably closer to that 1,800 calories a day. Um, that's where I like to be um, it's very, um, it's lower carb. I'm probably only, if you're talking about macronutrients, I'm probably only about, uh, you know, 80 grams of carbs a day. Uh, my fats come from really good sources. So there's no bacon. Um, my, during the summer, my carb sources are all vegetable based. The point is I don't even really do any like sweet potatoes. I found that sweet potatoes actually make me, um, gain weight really quickly, Mm. I think it's so easy to eat them and they're so freaking delicious. And we have an air fryer. <laughs> oh, so you put them yeah. in the air fryer and it's just, it's so dangerous. Yep. Um. And I also stay away from like, um, it's easy for me to overdo fat as well. So I stay away from avocados, um, and bacon as well. Mm-hmm. Now in the winter, ha, mm. I'll do more sweet potatoes.
0: Yeah.
1: I will, um, Oh, I'll also put like a, a lot of times I'll put a fried egg on everything I do. So, and if I'm hungry, I'll have a fried egg, um, for a snack as well. We just fry eggs and we leave them in the fridge. Mm. Um, I don't like hard boiled eggs. I just do like, uh, um, fried eggs and they're delicious. Um, in the winter I'll lean in more into cause, um, I'll, I'll lean more into sweet potatoes. I'll do a little bit more bacon. I'll do a little more avocado. Um, and I might do like, uh, if I'm being naughty, then there's a dessert, which is like a, uh, um, like a parfait type thing, Greek yogurt, some granola, um, and some fruit. And that's kind of the way I do my, um, cycling throughout the years back and forth. And I do fluctuate. It's massive for me. I'm, um, I'm about 15 pounds lighter this summer than I was this winter. Mm. Um, so even those tiny, I'm super sensitive to foods, um, those little tiny deviations of a serving of, um, sweet potatoes, a piece or two of bacon and some avocado, uh, maybe a, um, parfait once or twice a week. That's the difference of 15 pounds for me. Hmm. Um, it's, it's like that it's a massive, massive difference. So the way I like to think about this is just, again, think about the buckets, which ones do you want a little bit more of, mm-hmm. um, and then the other part of this is like deficiencies and intolerances. Um, I, I have gotten blood tested before. I have done gut microbiome stuff before. Um, I, I have done sweat analysis before. Um, so I have a fairly good understanding of the foods that work for me and the foods that don't.
0: What um, Possibly a strange question given that you just kind of laid all that out. But at various times in the year, how much <laughs> – How much are you thinking about nutrition? How much is that, is it like part of your daily, uh, like part of what you're paying attention to daily, or is it that you've done this long enough? You've kind of disciplined yourself that it's on autopilot to the, to the large, to a large degree.
1: Um, I think about a lot, Mm. I think it's one of the biggest factors that's going to lead me to, um, where I want to be in my life. Mm hmm. So to me, it's, I want to be, I think it's, uh, um, it's, a it's, you know, the, the old cliche, it's the, it's the fuel we're putting in our engine. If we want better output, you got to put better input. Um, so I am, I think about it a lot now, having said that it's kind of on autopilot a little bit because I still get super excited for my salads every day. Like mm. I just, I know what I'm, I know what I'm going to have every single day, um, I don't get the greatest amount of variance. Now, when I go out to eat, I try to eat things I don't normally eat. So that's kind of like – and I, I don't go to eat that often. Maybe once every two weeks is a restaurant meal. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but the nutrition aspect is um, – I'm very, very, very cognizant of it. It stems back from when I first got into um, strength, conditioning, and personal training – one of the very first books I read, I can remember when my mom gave it to me, we were on vacation and she's like, if you're gonna get into this, you should read this book. Um, and it was Omnivore, uh, no, In Defense of Food by Michael Pollan, mm. oh. you know, who also wrote Omnivore's Dilemma. Yep. And it just so highlighted to me the importance of food. Like we don't give enough credit to what food does to us. It's Socrates thing like, you know, let food bite be thy medicine. It truly is the it is a very, very powerful drug that if you do it correctly, can keep you healthy and alive. If you do it poorly, can't kill you. Um, And when that was just so highlighted so clearly to me through that book, um, it was a paradigm shifting moment for me that I I couldn't unsee it. I couldn't unsee like um, kids at a picnic table all drinking juice Mm -hmm. and how much that horrifies me now because once you understand the chemistry of what's going on, when they drink that juice, they're basically just putting spoonfuls of sugar in their mouth. Mm -hmm. You put spoonfuls of sugar in their mouth and there's a chemical reaction in the body which causes sickness. It's like you can't unsee it once you know it. Mm -hmm. It's like smoking, like you walk around seeing people smoking, you're like how in the world, knowing what we know, can people still be smoking? That's where I am with nutrition right now. It's like, I'm not saying I'm the most enlightened person in nutrition, I learn something new about nutrition every day. Mm. But even knowing the little bit that I know, um, it's, it's hard not to realize the impact it has on every facet of our lives. You know, if you want to be less stressed, um, less anxiety, if you want to sleep better, if you want better cognition mental focus memory if you want to be in a better mood if you want to lift more weight run faster if you want to look better I mean if there was a pill that did this thing um, every single person on planet earth would be gobbling it down <laughs> it, it would be it would be I mean it would be ins- it'd be insanity mm-hmm there is that magic pill. It's just that it takes a, a small choice every single – I should take it back. It's just that it takes thousands and thousands of choices yeah. every day. I mean it's literally that. Every single day, you make thousands and thousands of choices. Actually, I'm going to take it back. The research I heard is that we make 220 nutritional choices a day. Mm-hmm. I have no idea where that data comes from. I don't know <laughs> how they do that. But that's the stat that's out there is that we make between 200 and 200 nutritional choices a day. Now, if it was one really easy decision, like you wake up in the morning you're like, today I'm going to eat clean and you flip the switch, you press the buzzer and today's a clean day. Mm-hmm. It'd be a lot easier for all of us. Unfortunately, you got to make that decision 200 times over today. And tomorrow when you wake up, you make it over 200 times again tomorrow. That's really overwhelming for a lot of people. So the thought process is just like when you go to set out to run – I'll make Even better analogy, I was say run a marathon. I just recently listened to the podcast and I followed him on social, Colin O'Brady's trek across Antarctica. Mm-hmm. It's called The Impossible First. He was the first person to unassisted go across the entire continent of Antarctica pulling. So this is like he's going 30 miles a day pulling a 300-pound sled. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So the crazy part is he gets dropped in Antarctica. He goes to take his first step and he can't move the sled. Hmm. He literally gets five steps, goes to his knees and starts crying. Five steps into this. Calls his wife on the satellite phone and goes, honey, I can't do this. I'm five steps in. I can't move the sled. And she talked him through because it's his big – the other cool part is – He got dropped at the same point. No one's ever done this before. He got dropped at the same time a mile away from a competitor. They took the same flight there and they were a mile apart racing for the same place. Yeah. And he sees him take off and he's just scooting across the horizon. He's like, what's the point? I can't pull the sled. I'm not going to win this race. This is going to be impossible." But it's this big, white, vast, open thing that you can see forever and he can see – The next waypoint, which is a half mile away. And the wife asked him, she's like, Can you see the next marking? He's like, Yeah. She's like, Just get there. Call me when you get there. Just Mm -hmm. get there. So he busts his ass to get there, calls her, and she's like, Okay, can you see the next one? He's like, Yep. He's like, Just get there. To me, this is literally like people talk about just do one good day. Mm -hmm. No way, man. That's way too hard. If she was like, Just, get to the first destination point today. Like no way is he gonna make it there. She literally has to go the next 25 minutes. That's how long it takes to go a half hour for him. The next 25 minutes, just get there. And we can start thinking about, can I do this? Can I eat clean? Can I be so good? Can I be proud of my effort? Can I stay dialed and focused for the next 20 minutes? And when I get to those next 20 minutes, that's my next decision point. And I'll do mm-hmm. it again and I'll ask. But I'm not worried about that, just that. This, by the way, is what Katrin does when she works out. Yeah. It's really daunting what she has to go through on a daily basis. And she goes, just do this one piece. And she lies to herself. She actually did it this past Saturday. She told me. She's like, I told myself that I only had to do this workout. And when I was done, I was going to be done. Mm-hmm. I was not going to do the other workouts. <laughs> She's like, I got done. And it was like, well, that wasn't so bad. Maybe I'll do the next yeah. one.
0: Yeah.
1: It's like we got to break these things up. It's all about the habit formation. Yes, mm-hmm. part of it is like, um. In terms of nutrition, you know, the, the, the part of it is knowing. There's absolutely an aspect of knowing that matters a lot. It matters to know that you going there and getting the gluten free snack well cookies. It's important to know. That is not going to help you with your goals. Unfortunately, you're, we're all battling the marketing messages that these the, the trillion-dollar food industry is trying to figure out how to get you to take the next bite. They're literally trying to mess with your biochemistry to figure out how to get you to eat more and convince you that their products are good for you. So what you have to do is you have to – there's a certain level of knowledge. Once you get that certain level of knowledge – and I think people listening to this podcast kind of understand that – eat – lean meats, healthy fats, fruits and vegetables. Like, that, dude, you're done, that's it. You know, eat to certain levels of quantity that aren't gonna make you fat, that you're done, like that's it. Then the next becomes a matter of willpower. Well, willpower sucks, because it's it's an exhaustible resource. You're gonna burn through it. Yeah, so you gotta set yourself up. To me, what you gotta do, I mean, talk about like really simplified nutrition. It's set up your environment, so you don't have the option of making those bad choices. I feel bad for the people that are trying to eat well that have shit in their house. Mm. That is a nightmare for me. If it mm-hmm. was in my house, um, I struggle with it mightily. So to your point, like, do you think about nutrition a lot? Yes, all the time. I have a hard time making bad decisions in my house because it's not available. Yeah. When, glu- when, when um, granola comes into the house, that's like as, that's kind of as crazy as Ben gets. I know it's weird, like whatever. Um when but the problem is when a girl comes to my house, I, I eat it all. Gone. Yeah. You, know, I tell, you know, and the story I tell him like, guys, I gotta finish this right now, otherwise I'm gonna end up eating the whole thing. It's like <laughs> and that's the story I play with myself. It's like yeah. if I don't finish if I don't finish this right now, like I'm gonna end up eating all of it. Yeah. That's the game I play with my it's like it's I I can convince myself these weird, weird things. Yeah. So if it's not in my house, it's super easy to stay dialed. I should say it's way more simple to yeah. say dialed. Now, particularly in this environment, if you want to eat bad, you got to get in your car and you got to go somewhere. You got to order the food or you got to get to come to your house. And the chances of you going through those necessary steps to say like, I'm going to take action to be able to satisfy myself in 25 minutes. That's not the way the body works. Mm. We work on impulse. We work on now. So if it's not there now, out of sight, out of mind, you're going to do a whole lot better.
0: I love that. So we talked about um, starting with goals, understanding your own kind of personal eating, nutrition style, and then lots of stuff on strategies to how to make those two things work. Um, Before we wrap up, anything else in this conversation about simplifying nutrition um, worth hitting on before we wrap up?
1: No, I mean, if I was if I was to go, well, yeah, I guess maybe. Yes, I said no. <laughs> in there. Uh, yeah. So people like you asked that question, which is a good one. Like, how much do people know about what buckets they want to lean into?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and I kind of gave a convoluted answer. Now looking back on it, where I was like, I don't think they have trouble. And I was like, well, I do all three buckets, so maybe mm-hmm. I don't even know. So maybe I don't know. Mm. Um, if you don't know, here's the way I would think about this thing. I would think about it like at a pyramid, but the pyramid is not like. Here's level one, level two, level three. I would think of it as like, um, like shades of gray, okay. right? Where it's kind of like one bleeds into the next. It's yep. kind of like a more like an hourglass type yep. thing. Yep. Um, where the bottom one, to me, the most important thing and the thing I would recommend people start with. Because if you don't know anything, like still, where do you start? It's food quality. Mm-hmm. Quality, really good quality is automatically going to have the most impact on the other buckets. hmm Whereas if you start with quantity, you could still get – you could still mess things up pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But if you eat super clean, as I already laid out, vegetables, lean meats, um, healthy fats, fruit, um, if you start with that, everything else is going to kind of like take shape. The next thing I would go to is, yes, it would be calories, the old school calorie. Like that's the next thing I would go to and make sure – that because even if you're eating super perfect, everything is like you're you're slaughtering your own animals. That you know you're living in New Zealand in the pastures and there's no pollution and mm-hmm. you're growing through fertile soil and everything is perfect. But if you're eating seven thousand calories a day and you're not active, like you're gonna have issues. Mm-hmm. So the calories thing does matter. That's what I would take next. The next thing I would look at, getting more specific would be the macronutrient breakdown. That's the next level tiered up, but again, shades of gray, which would be relative to your performance goals. If you are an elite athlete, you're probably going to edge more towards the size of carbohydrates, particularly if you're in a high-intensity sport like most team sports or CrossFit. If you're in the ultra-endurance world, maybe you bring that way down, you go into ketosis. We can geek out about that later on. And then the final piece I would sprinkle in on that is maybe after you get all those dialed in, but it's kind of like um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like Mm -hmm. you get to that self-actualization, the top one, which is reserved Mm -hmm. for the very few. That's maybe where you kind of take a dive into like um, some biomarkers and some some inflammatory things and some intolerances Mm -hmm. and um, what's my fasting glucose and A1C and can I kind of regulate that throughout the day and – Um, Is my cortisol fluctuating throughout the day and does food have an effect on that? And um, we kind of geek things out a little bit. But to me, really, if you stay with that quality aspect and then layer in some sort of like just big bucket, um, don't eat too much, don't eat too little, that's a great place to kind of like live in this simplified nutrition world.
0: Awesome. I think that is a great place to wrap up this conversation. Thank you so much to everybody for listening, for sending us notes, for leaving ratings and reviews. And we will be back next week for another episode of Chasing Excellence. You can get every episode of Chasing Excellence wherever you listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. Until next time, thank you for listening.